Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you at Rogers Place. OPT today for the Edmonton Oilers Optional Practice. Edmonton coming off a 4-3 loss. Guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. Open Wednesday through Sunday, 5 till 10 p.m. Tell Chris and Brendan that Oilers Now sent you. Just before we go to Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network, he's your Oilers Now headliner today for Wilhock Beef Jerky. It just might be the best you've ever tasted. Search for Wilhock, W-I-L-H-A-U-K today. I want to read a text from Haji. We're talking about Yesa Pugliarvi because it's going to be where we start with Rob Brown. Haji says, Bob, the we ran into a hot goalie narrative needs to be removed from the Oilers' vocabulary. The Oilers need to figure out that in the playoffs, every goal is not going to be a highlight real goal. The one-and-done shots don't get by the hot goalie enough. There needs to be a net front presence and dogged battle for rebounds. I curse the TV watching player after player pass up shot attempts in the slot to make a lateral pass. In the playoffs, pucks need to be put on the net, and there needs to be battle. Aside from Yamamoto and Zach Cassian, there was little net front last night. Jesse Pogliarvi was lucky to get ice time that he had last night. The happy-go-lucky Buffalo King needs to add grit if he wants to do add ice time. Again, we have a segment of uh, the Oilers fan base. I mean, yes, Pogliarvi is a sacred cow for them. I will tell you, first shift of the game, and it got brought up. Yeah, there are about six pro scouts. Four of them brought it up. Some coaches brought it up. First shift of the game, Pogliarvi got caught chasing and out of position, and they freed up an Alex Edler uh, for a partial breakaway. This is where we bring in our border inside the game analyst, Rob Brown, who, of course, works on the Order Radio Network broadcast. Rob, how are you doing? Doing very good, Bob. If you got out of position like that on the opening shift of the game playing for Mike Keenan, and allowed the D-man to walk in from center ice 20, 10 seconds into the game. What would have happened to you? Well, I, I know for a fact there was a Stanley Cup Finals game that I played in, and our line had an off shift the very first shift of the game. We didn't get another shift for two periods. So the importance of the game at this point of the season, uh, mistakes are magnified, and especially thinking mistakes. Physical ones always happen, but thinking mistakes... Uh, a, a coach is going to have that certainly circled. And if, they're, if all of a sudden you don't do something much better or you don't do something that makes you say, okay, I forgot that mistake, I'm going to get you ice time. If you're just average, well, your ice time is going to be diminished. So, yes, he pulled your RV wasn't, wasn't noticeable last night. I mean, it wasn't a lot of glaring things negatively, but there just wasn't a lot of things positive. Yeah. And that looked like a game where the Oilers were chasing. It looked like a game, even when they were down 2 nothing. it looked like it was going to be a one-goal hockey game. 
So mistakes were going to be critical. And I think that the way that the L.A. Kings were being coached, the way they were putting their players out, that Jay Woodcroft thought, okay, we got to run with who, who we have as our best tonight because one more mistake, something like that, could cost us to lose a hockey game. All right, Rob. So right now the Poliarvi fans are saying, you're talking about Poliarvi, not talking about Mike Smith. Mike Smith costs the team the game. Uh, Mike Smith's the first to know he can't make the mistake. The frustration is he made a similar mistake in Game One of the Play-in series against Chicago. What would you, you know, what would you say on that? I mean, Mike Smith said, "All right, next game, let's go." But that's a little bit more difficult for fans to decipher at times, isn't it? Well, it, it, the bottom line is Mike Smith is the better goalie than Miko Koskinen right now. He gives you the better chance to win right now. Um, he made a mistake; it was huge, and he. T- he tried covering it with the big save afterwards, but they scored the goal. It's on him. He's a veteran. He's been around. Yes, he fully RV had others. It wasn't like, yes, he got benched after his first shift. He did play after that, but he just wasn't a factor. And that's why all of a sudden they shortened the bench. So um, me personally, I'm playing Mike Smith again, and we'll see how he does in that game. And then decide for game three who goes in net. But Mike Smith's playing again. Yesley Pugliarvi, to me, is in the lineup again. Me too. I, I Personally, though, I I like Yesley, and this is nothing against him as a player, but I like him better as a third-line player playing with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Less pressure on him. There's not so much uh, uh, worry if he doesn't find the back of the net because he can do things that are positive in the game. He can be a presence on the forecheck. He can be dogged on the back check. And playing with Nugent Hopkins, who's been a first-line center in the NHL before, very recently, he can still create some offense, but the pressure to have to score, like you have when you play with Leon, like you have when you play with Connor, isn't there. So that's where I would have him. He'd be in the lineup, and again, as a coach, you just wipe the blackboard, all right, we forgot what happened last game, Jesse. This is what we need out of you. Give us that energy. Yeah. And let him decide how much ice time he gets by the way he plays. Yeah, and I, you know, he was on the ice for the fourth goal against, but as you mentioned, for me, that one's on Smith, and it came at a critical time. Uh, now, the third goal against, he got picked because I, somebody said he's happy-go-lucky. I think the, the Kings you know, realized, put it this way, the Oilers had some players last night that were relentless. Uh, Connor Yamamoto was out there. And, uh, you know, he was he was uh, the honey badger, right? Like Teron Matthew was at LSU when he played football before going to the NFL. Like he's a smaller guy that competed for every inch on the ice all night long. And he was engaged and Hyman was engaged and Kane was engaged. But the Oilers had an entire line with Fogle, Nugent Hopkins, and Ryan. And Nugent Hopkins and Ryan are both think, you know, they both think their way around the ice. Not quite sure they played at the pace that you need to play at a bit. They were quiet. I'm with you. I would move Pulleyarvi to that line of Nugent Hopkins and Fogle. And I would move Cassian up into the top six because he was skating and he was hitting. And you need that come playoff time. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I would also, if I do that, I would have Cassian and McLeod rotate and through the first period both get shots in the top six and it's whichever guy's going better stays there perfect i think you got make it a competition that way because both of them have shown they have the ability to do it but both of them have shown that they don't have the consistency game in game out to do it so now it's a competition all right McLeod, you get first shift casting you get second shift and you each get a couple shifts whichever one's playing better stays up there and the nugent hopkins line 
becomes very important in this series, um, especially when we get to L.A. Because Kopitar, when they get to L.A., Kopitar is going to be playing against either Leon and Connor and Den Owens every single shift. That means the Nugent Hopkins line is going to be they getting got, they bottom gotta, six. They got to win the day. They got to win the day they for do. the owners. And and they should have a huge advantage. That uh, Byfield might become a very good hockey player, incredibly inexperienced right now. And they were scared of the the third and fourth line. I don't. I mean, for the longest time, I couldn't remember a shift where Kopitar or Dano weren't taking the faceoffs because the LA Kings were fearful of getting caught out with the third or fourth line against Connor or Leon, and we saw the couple shifts that had happened, Connor McDavid feasted on them. So when we get to L.A., Ryan Nugent Hopkins is going to be going exclusively against one of the bottom two lines. They become very, very important in that hockey game because Dano and Kopitar are fantastic hockey players, two-way hockey players that make it even hard for Connor and Leon to, to do their magic. All right. Poor start by the Oilers. Uh, you know what? Mike Smith referenced the emotion. The fans, Rob, you're in, it was awesome here last <laughs> night. It, it was. I actually, a couple times during the pregame, took my headset off upstairs just to, to let drink it all in. I miss that. That's, that's why players play, that kind of intensity and emotion in the stands. I, wanted, as a, I mean, I'm 30 years out of the league or 25 years out of the league. I wanted to soak that in. It was crazy in there. I went over across the street to the Ice District, to the MOSFET, just before the game, before I walked in, just to, to see that atmosphere, which was incredible. And one of the things that we talked about, you and I, before the game, that there was a little bit of fear of, is getting too caught up in the emotion of the first playoff game and the fans being there. And the Oilers did get caught up in it. They, they ran out of position a couple of shifts, trying to beat that big hit, trying to get the crowd going even more. But they, as Mike Smith said, they lost their structure. And the L.A. Kings, very structured hockey club, and they took advantage of it early in the hockey game. And those first two goals were vitally important to the L.A. Kings to give them belief that they can win on the road in Edmonton as underdogs, and that belief just carried on the rest of the game. You know, Rob, I picked the Oilers in six, and the reality is L.A.'s been a better road team than a home team this year for whatever reason. Uh, It is a best of seven. I, I was disappointed in Edmonton's 5v5 game, and I think most of the fans were. I mean, let's face it, Edmonton got outscored 4-1, 5 on 5 in that game. Got the two power. It, it kind, you know what? The team kind of looked like Dave Tippett's team, right? Good on the power play, good on the penalty kill, but lost the 5 on 5 battle, and we're giving up. Uh, they didn't do a great job working their way back to the puck, and I, I think that. You know, people say, well, you're highlighting the negative. I'm just being pragmatic when it comes to Pugliarvi because we have a fan base here that, you know, oh, no, he's got to play more and he's got to get... He's got to get his game. I'm not sure he's all the way back. So uh, I, I, the one thing you'd really notice last night were the guys that were out skating and going. Like Cassian, he, do, he doesn't have to play. Every, like, he was effective. McLeod was effective. Partial breakaway on that power play. They had... They did have, it wasn't, you know, they had five or six pretty good forwards in last night's game. And oh, by the way, Rob, down 2 nothing. there might only be one player in the world that gets his team back in a game like that on a one-on-five. Well, you're right, and that was Connor McDavid also realizing he had no Dano on the ice against him, no Kopitar on the ice against him. And he when he, when he went back, picked up the puck in his own zone, looked up and saw 
all right, a little breath of fresh air here. I get to do what I want without having those two big men all over me and took advantage of it. Yeah, you're right. The Oilers had, the Oilers, here's the thing. The Oilers didn't play horrible. The Oilers were not as good as they can be. Yes. Both teams made mistakes. I mean, great example, the two-on-one that McDavid and Kane had, huge mistake by Quinn Byfield. Got his pocket picked five feet from the blue line. In the last two minutes of the game, the L.A. Kings four or five times didn't clear the puck when they should have cleared the puck. And they kept icing it, forcing more face-offs in their own zone. They kept winning them and still not getting the puck out. So mistakes were made by both teams. To me, it was a very, very even game where one team's goalie made one more save and the other team made one bigger mistake. And that was Edmonton. That game could have gone either way. And if the Oilers would have got the bounce at the end that the Kings got, are we having a conversation like this? Or are we saying that's a great home effort? They came out and did what they needed to do. Well, so, or we'd be talking about their rally is what we'd yeah, be talking exactly. about. exactly. So they'd be looking at the positives. When, you, when a team loses, you normally look more at the negatives. Uh, L.A.'s feeling quite good about themselves winning a game. Edmonton's feeling more pressure now losing the game. And that just is a fan. And I agree. This I said right from the beginning this would be a long series. I think people underestimated how good L.A. is. L.A. has 99 points on the season with half their team missing in a number of those games. Yeah. L.A. is L.A. is good, and they got a world-class goalie in Jonathan Quick. So to me as a fan, I'm excited because the game tomorrow, the importance of it just got ramped up for the home team. So I think you're going to see the best Edmonton Oilers team you can tomorrow night. So that, to me, is exciting because I'm going to be there to be able to witness that. Well, the last two years, Mike Smith's been 923 and 915 in the regular season. Uh, he was 912 in last year's playoff series against uh, the Jets. Of course, Connor Hellebuck was 950. Jonathan Quick was reeling for the two previous years, but but Bill Ranford did some key work with him this year, and he wrestled the job back from Cal Peterson. That's what happened. I mean, Drew Doughty went minus 34 a couple years ago, only played 39 games this year, and it bounced back at 31 points. This is a best of seven, and the Oilers, the one thing that I was a little disappointed in, Rob, because Edmonton, they they had a bunch of, some of their guys weren't moving, and they weren't managing the puck effectively early in the games, and they had some issues with that 1-3-1 that the Kings play. Edmonton never got to L.A.'s young defense, especially on the right side. They got, I mean, they had three guys playing the first playoff game yesterday, and two of them, Sean Dersey and Jordan Spencer, stone-cold rookies, and they didn't get yep. to those guys. And, well, that's, I mean, to me, that's also good coaching by Todd McClellan. He's putting them in a, a prevent defense through the neutral zone. When the L.A. Kings, if they're changing and they dump the puck in, or if they've only got one guy and he dumps the puck in, if they realize they can't get a solid four-check, they go into the 1-3-1, or they put five guys in the neutral zone. What they're doing is they're saying, all right, we're not getting beat out of the offensive zone. We're going to be standing here. That protects the young defenseman. So for someone coming down to get a four-check going, they're going to have to go through five of us. So that's good coaching. Now, the young defensemen they have are very good at moving and very good at moving the puck. Where the Oilers never got them into trouble is getting them to do that under stress. And I think that's the biggest thing right now. The Oilers got to come out in numbers. Don't stretch out as much. You don't need to stretch because they're not forechecking you hard. Right. So come out in numbers. So when you get to center, all three forwards are going with speed. So now when you dump the puck in, you're going to be able to get there at close to the same time as the defender. Now there'll be body contact, and you're forcing that defender, that defenseman, to make a decision under stress. Too often last night, the L.A. Kings defenseman had time. And... 
Bob, if you were playing defense for the LA Kings and you had time to make a play, you'd make a play. If you don't have time, and that's what the others got to force these young players to do it without having time to think and look up, have their face facing the glass when they make that rim or that cross behind the net pass, at that point you start getting them thinking a little too quickly, and that's where the turnovers will start. All right, Rob, since you brought it up, <laughs> if, if Dan Tenser was playing for the L.A. Kings and had time, would he be able to have made a good play? Well, he might have tripped on the way back into his own zone. <laughs> oh, we had to have fun with you, Dad. It's all good. All right. Uh, any changes for you tomorrow with the lineup? I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I like 11-7. I really do on home ice. I like 11-7. gives you an opportunity to create a fourth line with your superstars. Um, I go with the same goalie. Again, now the one thing you do have is you got Koskin in your back pocket who's played very well as of late. If something goes sideways for Mike Smith tomorrow, then you could start contemplating what you do in Game 3. But tomorrow, I have the exact same lineup. And I, there's a question for you. Is there any word on Arvidsson? Uh, not yet. And I, even if I... The conversation I had was off the record. We'll wait for something on the record. But you can't argue with what they got out of Ayafalo playing with Moore and Deneau yesterday. <laughs> Maybe they just keep... He was, oh, you know, he was good. The only issue is if you get Arvidsson back and you can move Ayafalo onto another line... Then you got three lines. A- then you got, then three, you got three lines. They, the, LA, the LA Kings are a good hockey club. They, they're not a pretty hockey club. They're not going to beat you with, with, with smoothness, but they can beat you. And they have two of the best two-way centers in the NHL. One who's been a great one for years and years, Kopitar. And Dano, who uh, the Montreal Canadiens didn't realize how good he was. But the L.A. Kings, and last night the Edmonton Oilers certainly realized that. They've known all year. They've known all year how good Deneau was. I mean, you know, it's ironic because you know Mark Bergevin was here last night, Rob. Good friend, yeah. I I remember Jerry Johansson representing Brendan Gallagher, and things broke down, and then boom, he got a six-year extension at $6.5 And all I can think of is they already got Anderson done at seven times five and a half as a winger, and now you're doing... Now you're doing Gallagher, and I was like, well, I wonder about Deneau, because they got Suzuki coming. And this, you know, and that extension got done, you know, before the playoff. It, it was in the, you know, the start of, it was in the off season of 20, before the 2021 regular season. And then we watched Deneau in the playoffs shut down Austin Matthews in the final three games. And now he's going up against McDavid and Drysaddle, and he's been good all year in the matchup against Edmonton. He has. He's 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 good, and it, and the, he's more like he's along along the lines of a Patrice Bergeron that is great defensively, yep. but if you fall asleep on him, he can do what he did last night. He can score a big goal. So he's dogged. He just doesn't stop, and that's what you love in a two-way player. So the the LA Kings have two great centermen. And Dano and Kopitar, that's why it makes them hard for the Edmonton Oilers. Now, they're going to get their opportunities, Connor and Leon, and that goes back to what we talked about at the beginning with, with Yessi. There's not going to be as many chances, but when count. you get your chance, you have to make sure you execute and put it in the back of the net because this isn't a San Jose team or, or a team like that where you're going to get eight chances. So if you score one on the eight, you're going to be good. You might only get one grade-A scoring chance. And if it doesn't go in the net, well, you just lost a perfect opportunity. It's called an opportunity cost, and it's something that the St. Louis Cardinals in baseball do a masterful job of. They, because they have a strong draft and a development organization, Rob, if they got a guy who under, who you know, even if the guy is, say, a 260 hitter, 
with 25, you know, dingers and 75 RBIs, but he's hitting fifth or sixth in their lineup. They're going, this guy's good, but we might need more here. We need a guy that can hit 280, 290 and drive in those kind of numbers. Bottom line, got to get on base. And so this is an interesting one to follow. Rob, look forward to having you, uh, obviously, as part of the broadcast tomorrow night. Well, I'm looking forward to the game, Bob. Me too. All right, there you go. That's Rob Brown, our Inside the Game analyst. Uh, and he's our Oilers now headliner today for Wilhawk Beef Jerky. It is 12.54 in Edmonton. We'll come back with the Oilers injury report for James H. Brown when we return. Randy Texas on the Ashley Five Floors text line. He says, Bob, am I correct in saying the Oilers have lost now lost 10 straight playoff games? Ouch. Uh, that one comes to us from Randy. Randy, you are incorrect. Oilers lost last night 4-3 to L.A. They got swept in four straight by Winnipeg in a series that saw Winnipeg win three overtime games. That's five straight losses. They lost the final two games of the play-in series against Chicago. That would be seven. If you don't want to include the play-in series, you're going to go back to the 16-17 series. So we're at five for the last two years, and going back to 16-17, they lost the final game of the series against Anaheim, which would be six. Take it for what it's worth. Bottom line is nobody wants to be uh, down one nothing, but it's uh, best of seven. Oilers need to respond tomorrow. Oilers injury reports brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. It's this simple. James H. Brown, they're the best. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, want you to enjoy the playoff run. And let's hope it is a playoff run. Darnell Nurse played 2027 20, last night. Kyle Turris was on the ice early today along with Olivier Rodrigue. Uh, before the Oilers OPT started. No word yet on Victor Ardvidsson. Uh, L.A. does not have Drew Doughty nor Sean Walker. They're number one and number two right shot D. At one point, they had all six defensemen out. Trent Yanni, former Oilers assistant with uh, Todd McClellan here in Edmonton, he did a great job. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Mark Spector for Horse Racing Alberta when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.